Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm with Anthony. What up? Squeaks. Squeaks. Uh, today we're going to be covering a lot of uh, the news. We also have some new esports to talk about. I actually want to address that. We have a lot of fans out there that are in it for the esports and we usually cover some of the big topics, but we don't do enough. So going forward, we're going to cover the esports more and more and then seeing how you guys reaction to what, how you guys react to it. We'll expand that as well. So expect more esports from us. Uh, also, we know that right now is a lot of video game news. We've mentioned this in the past. That's because it's currently the only industry of the four that we cover that's active. Movies, TV shows, and uh, comic books are all pretty dormant. So uh, and starting next week, we're going to pepper in some more top fives that are movie and TV related to kind of mix it up a little bit. Because currently this feels like just video game news for the most part. Uh, so, so we'll bring all that in. Uh, and then we also have a Blizzard Corner coming next week. I was going to do the Blizzard Corner this week, but there is so much stuff being released every day right now with uh, beta access being released uh, that it is best that we wait one more week so we can really gather as much as possible for you guys. Uh, but that being said, let's get into what you guys are watching. Anthony, what have you been watching lately? Oh, man. Um, you know, I've been on a Disney Plus kick lately, so I'm actually just going back watching an old bunch of Disney movies right now. That's good. What about any series from Disney Plus? Um, you know what? I was going back to watch Clone Wars. Oh, classic. Starting starting that one up and uh, going from there. Have you have you watched Clone Wars before or is this your first time? This is the first time I'm actually starting it. Okay, so let me give you this warning. and I gave this one to Squeaks too. The first season does not feel very good. It was actually made more for children, I think. And then the second season, they realized what their audience really was and they actually made the stories much more complex. So get past the first season. It gets way better. Yeah, it, it seems like that. And then it seems kind of like it's all over the place. So I'm just trying to keep up with it. It does stay kind of all, all over the place. There are arcs that'll like kind of continue throughout each season, but there are a lot of these like one-off episodes that are just adventures. Uh, so that is something to expect. Yeah. Uh, Squeaks, what are you? What have you been watching, man? So we talked about it before. I just finished Veep, which uh, I thought was a very good show. Yep. Um, I think it may be a season too long, but on that, very good. Okay. Um, and I actually started Clone Wars as well. I'm almost done with the first season. Okay. But yeah, I get it though because it does have the one-off episodes, which are kind of neat. It's it's for sure like a normal TV series that you would see on, uh, uh, like Nickelodeon because it was originally Nickelodeon, right? Uh, I you know I think it was you know you could be right. It could be Nickelodeon. I always thought it was Disney, but it could have been Nickelodeon. I'm not used to um, it being uh, Star Wars being like that, so it, it does throw me off a little bit too. But then you start realizing, like, okay, this is like a you know cartoon series. But I'm kind of looking forward to the next season, like you're saying, um, more complex stories, more bigger stories. Yeah, I think of it a lot like the Star Wars comic books. Is how you think of Clone Wars. Okay, because okay. they're they're they are the same way where they have these long arcs, but they also have these one offs where you're just getting a little mm-hmm. look inside of the galaxy. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anything else you're watching? Um, I just watched a bunch of, I was on the Disney kick also watching a bunch of, uh, Pixar movies, Disney movies. Nice. Um, yeah, I just finished, uh, Brave, I'm on Cars right now. Classic. I just bounce around everywhere. Just seeing things that I haven't seen in a while. That's watching things. Don't forget the Tiger King. Uh, oh yeah. The whole world's seen Tiger King. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's dig into some news. Uh, unfortunately, San Diego Comic-Con has been canceled this year. This is the first time it's been canceled in 50 years. Uh, the event was originally planned for July 23rd and 26th, but it's being pushed back to next year on the 22nd to the 25th of July. Uh, in their press release, they also announced that the Comic-Con Museum is being postponed because they, they were working on this uh, museum over the past 50 years and stuff like that. Uh, they announced it last year. And then uh, WonderCon, which is in Anaheim, that is also being moved, and that's being moved to March 26th and 28th of 2021. 
Uh, over the next few days, if you guys had a hotel room through Comic-Con, they have like this partnership with uh, On Peak. They're going to cancel your room for you and you're going to get your money back. Uh, so what part of Comic-Con are you guys going to miss the most? Cheddar, let's start with you. For me, you know, uh, the biggest part of Comic-Con or any kind of convention is I love the booths. I like walking around, seeing what people are selling, kind of new creative things. Yeah. And anything new that's out there for especially people just starting out that aren't very known mm -hmm. to, to people that are. I, I like seeing different creativity, I guess, okay. and, and something new. And just walking around different booths, booths interacting with people is kind of the biggest thing that I like seeing. That's a good point. Yeah, you get a lot of those like indie comics, indie games if it's a video game convention. And when you support them at their booth, you're giving them the the direct money. It's not going to some like side manager or something like that. Like they're actually helping them out. So that's a good idea. Uh, I think I'm gonna miss the like everyone else all the announcements. Um, I hope that we get what E three is wanting to do, like a virtual convention, um, or just throw other uh, stuff out from Marvel and DC and Image and Dark Horse. Hopefully, they have their own kind of day of releases that we can still enjoy. When they do, we'll make sure to cover it here, guys. We'll make a big episode about that because we're excited for those, of course. Uh, but on a side note, we actually mentioned this a while back. E3's digital event is not going on, so they're going to just work on next year's. But they have confirmed that there is going to be an E3 next year. Some people were concerned that maybe there won't be an E3 anymore. There definitely will be, and Geek Freaks will be there. Oh. Uh, so that's all happening. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to agree with all of you guys. Well, because, I, I mean, the announcements, of course, I'm, <laughs> I want to know the next seven years of MCU movies. So, like, that's that's what I'm there for. Uh, so yeah, that, oh, that's, wow. it's awesome. Uh, okay. So how can people still support the comic book industry? It's going through the hardest time it's ever gone through. Yeah. Uh, like for example, you guys can see if your local comic book shop has a way of giving you your comics at the door or curbside pickup, things like that. Are, do you guys have any other ways you can celebrate and support the comic book industry right now? Well, if, the, if there's some comic book shops that are open, <clears throat> maybe like buy some gift cards in the meantime until they reopen, hopefully. If not, yeah. then I don't know. How would you for their tanking? Yeah, uh, you could also, so that's the comic book shops. Industry-wide, you could always do oh, yeah. comicsology, yeah. stuff like that. It's not as good, but it does trickle down the money a little bit. You know, um, I got a comic book store down the street, and I drove past it today, and it's got a big old sign saying, call the number. They're only doing curbside only, uh, which, yeah. is, which is sad to see. And I'm not a big fan of, like, the e-books. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like having a hard copy comic book, if anything. But I think if we can support them somehow, call them, say, hey, give me your best five comics you think you have right now, um, just to kind of keep them afloat because yeah. everybody's kind of going downhill right now. And I'm not a fan of ebooks, but if that's going to support the, the company and keep them above ground, I think that's another way to do it. Literally just did that a couple weeks ago where I was like, just give me, pick five books out. And I loved it because there weren't books I would have picked up. Spider-Woman. It's actually a really good comic book. I'm excited to read more from that. Stuff like that. And uh, so that was a really good way to do it. And then I bought a Magic deck for the first time ever, or first time in a decade. And so uh, we have cameras going out to the guys, and we're going to try to play Magic over the internets. So we'll see how that goes. It should be fun. All right, moving on to the next thing here. We have HBO is ordering new shows, and we got a new trailer for Perry Mason. So we're going to go over two of the new shows, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Perry Mason. Uh, Justice League Dark is getting its own series. It'll be on HBO Max, and it's being developed by J.J. Abrams' studio, Bad Robot, which I can already hear squeak sighing in the background. <laughs> Just, Justice League Dark is a superhero team that specializes in magic and the occult. They're kind of like dark side, regular Justice League, you know what I'm saying? They're usually led by Constantine, which is why I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, this was based on uh, the characters and will be the, the 
lead up to the development of the team. So when we first see them, they're all going to be separated, but then there's going to be a big bad that'll eventually bring them all together. This is animated, by the way. I know I haven't mentioned that. Uh, most notable characters, of course, is John uh, Constantine, Madame uh, Xanadu, Dead Man, Swamp Thing, and Z- uh, Zantana. Zantana, I think, was just helping the Justice League in their last main story, so that was pretty cool. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Justice League Dark becoming a series? Are you guys a fan of them? And uh, who would you want to see join the team? Kind of all those things wrapped up. I think you already know <laughs> how I feel. How I'm going to feel about this. Uh, so I have strong feelings towards J.J. Abrams right now, and it's going to take a lot for him to redeem that for me. Um, so I'm not really looking forward to anything, especially with his uh, uh, producing of Westworld, which that I think that show is just going downhill. It's um, it's total fire right now. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Uh, with that, and obviously the Star Wars movies, I, I really have no interest when I hear his name. But who knows? Maybe he'll spark it back up like he did with Star Trek. So, um, who I would like to join? I don't know, but I sure would like to see some... No, we don't. We already lost our Batman, huh? Can we get a Keanu Batman, Reeves playing so, Constantine? So every regular DC character basically has been like kind of like visiting characters. Batman is one of their most like visiting characters in Justice League Dark. Can we get a um, Keanu Reeves to play uh, Constantine again? Oh, dude, no way. Matt Ryan does a <laughs> killer job. I actually oh, think he does really? better than Constantine. I think so, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. And he's he's going to be doing the voiceover for this too. So he's actually back for this character. Oh, okay. All right, all so right. That's pretty cool. Man, so I'd like to see somebody from that's not very... That's not on TV or, or on the very public right now. Anybody that's kind of old, like like the Swamp Thing. How many th- how many times have you seen the Swamp Thing come up? Um, Green Arrow. I mean, uh, any old right. anybody old that we're not seeing too much now, kind of bring them into light. It would be nice to have Green Arrow back. Yeah, with with the cancellation or the finish, basically of Arrow, it'd be cool to have him back. Uh, I'm gonna say Damian Wayne, which is Batman's son. He's such a little badass. He's he's a Robin. And uh, a future Batman. We know from from seeing in the future that he becomes a Batman eventually. Um, he's, you know, born out of the League of Assassins. I mean, he's like awesome all over the place. And he has a pet cow. And he's just cool. And so I would love for him to be part of Justice League Dark. That'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, he's, he's pretty amazing. So uh, moving on to the next thing, we have this new series called Overlook. This will be a spinoff of Stephen King's classic, The Shining. Uh, it'll have... Some of the same characters from The Shining, I'm, I'm imagining they're all going to be recast. Uh, and it sounds like it will take place at Overlook Lodge, which is in the Colorado Rockies Mountain. Squeaks, I know you're a big horror fan. Are you looking forward to this series at all? I super am. I, I wish they would revamp uh, The Shining, actually, myself. Um, yeah. I would love to see it again. But I think this is going to be even better that we can still go back to the world, but not actually hear the same stories to so get to see something new. Uh, so I'm yeah. super excited about this one. As long as you get me back into that universe, that'd be awesome. You no, know, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with the series, so I, I'm going to take a look at it. I think Stephen King is, is going to be a good watch. Any of his, um, but it's something I'm going to have to dig into a little more. So you've never watched The Shining? No. With Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson? Oh man, I'm excited for you to check yeah. that out for the first time. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's. I mean, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, of course, is a classic, but The Shining was what made him. I think personally, that yeah. was so big. Uh, last up, Perry Mason is back. So this is going to be a classic noir mo- uh, detective series, but it has kind of this modern pacing where we have a lot of these like long lingering shots. That's something that was, didn't exist back in the day. Uh, this is coming back June 21st. Are you guys excited to see a series that's basically a classic detective noir movie? What do you think in Cheddar? So I'm excited to see it. I watched the trailer. I thought I was pretty pumped for it to kind of check it out. One thing I thought was interesting, and, and you guys put some input on it. What do you think about Robert Downey Jr. being the producer? 
I'm excited for that. I'm excited for him to get, step out of that role of, of just actor. I, I can't wait to see, see what he does. I think that's going to be one driving force for me watching it, just for him to step out as an actor and see what he can do as a producer. Oh, I think it's going to be pretty neat. I want to see something that's like taking me back to like this little gangster era. And, yeah. um, but the other side of things, instead of seeing like from the mob side, it'd be pretty neat to see it from the detective side. Yeah, because this was the genre that was like almost overused back in the day. And we have a little glimpse of it. I think with Jessica Jones kind of had that detective noir feel just modernized. And I love that part where she's trying to go around and solve the cases and stuff. So I'm excited to see that come back. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, do you guys think HBO Max is worth subbing to or are you guys going to pass up this new subscription service? Well, I'm still new to HBO Max. So what is it really offering me that HBO that I can't get with HBO now? Is this uh, going to have certain original series? content? Of course, it'll have original will. content, and it sounds like I would predict that DC Universe will eventually be folded into it. Mm. Why? 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 Do you, how do you see that connection? Because DC and WB have a publishing agreement, and it would make much. And WB owns HBO. Oh be, wow! I didn't know that actually. Yeah, it would be much easier to just have them under one house. Yeah, I think. Okay. Dang, that's gonna be a badass subscription then. Shit. It will. It will, yeah. If you can watch Eastbound and Down and then Batman, I mean, that's just like perfect. Damn. I, I would probably <laughs> pay for that, yeah. Yeah. Until that happens, I think I'm going to stay out of it. Until we get more more coming out of it and more bang for my buck, I think I'm going to kind of pass. Yeah. I wish they would actually just close down HBO Go and HBO Now. I hate that there's two of those, first of all. Right. And then yeah. just, yeah, it's so silly that HBO Now, if you don't have a, a you know, whatever, I just think close both those down and make HBO Max your new main thing. And, uh, yeah, just put all your money behind that. It can be big. They have a lot of, like, they have AT&T that just bought, you know, the, the parent company. So they have a lot of money behind them. Why not, you know? It's like having Netflix. You're paying an additional fee to, for Netflix originals. Yeah. Yeah. But instead of, like, just being Netflix, it's like Netflix, but you have a wider... Well, no, because the idea of them owning DC is huge. And then everything that WB's ever made will be on there. So it can be kind of big. It might actually be like third or fourth biggest once everything's said and done. I'll have to see how much DC content they make. Next, we have a Grand Theft Auto that's underway. This comes from a report from Jason Schreer of Kotaku. By the way, Jason Schreer, he's a phenomenal reporter. We always are reading his articles. Uh, He does these really deep dives on the industry side of video games. Uh, And he's actually the one that really led this article about the crunch culture at, at Rockstar Games. If you guys weren't aware, at Red, uh, during the development of Red Dead Redemption 2, the, the uh, developers were putting in like 12-hour, 13, 14-hour days, working uh, way over overtime and during the weekends, trying to get this game done in time so that they could hit like certain quarterly benchmarks. Uh, ended up creating a very, uh, let's see, intense work environment, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, ended up leading to a lot of walkouts and a lot of people uh, having medical issues with just like stress and strain. So uh, that that's a problem that actually spreads throughout the whole gaming industry. And then there's been this focus focus on crunch culture after that. But Rockstar or uh, Red Dead Redemption Two was really kind of the poster child for that. So ever since then, Rockstar's really been working on decreasing crunch culture. And in this report, Rockstar discusses their plans for the next Grand Theft Auto. The game will launch in segments, a smaller base game with follow-up DLCs that expand the world. So this is kind of a modern way of doing things. You guys, you know, if you buy, you know, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, there's all kinds of little expansions that come with it, little DLCs. With the addition of content coming coming out later, this makes it to where they can focus on a small piece at a time, meaning that people can actually have a normal work week. 
Uh, now, the big thing for me as a consumer is, are these DLCs going to be free or are they going to cost something? Because then you guys are also having to get more money out of less content out of me. So it's kind of that toss up. So Squeaks, what do you think about Crunch Culture going forward? Well, I think about it for the families. I think it's a, I think it's awesome for them. Uh, if you're going to keep these employees happy, then that's what's going to make them keep going. If you're going to yeah. uh, grind them every single day at work, then obviously the attitude that you're going to get from them is not going to be very productive when they're at work. Um, that's a good point. So yeah. So will the game take longer? Yeah, but I mean, if I'm thinking about it as a consumer, how many times does everyone delay a game anyway? So yeah. <laughs> um, if you that's just take true. the time and work on it. Uh, make the employees happy so their productivity levels are higher when they're at work, then I think we'll get a, a, a product like we uh, we should we deserve. So, Anthony, what do you think about this smaller base game and follow-up DLCs? Would you rather that or the game just take longer to make? I think the DLC depends on what they're bringing. I think the DLCs is just... I think it depends. depends on what they're bringing to the table. Sometimes you're spending mm -hmm. more money and you're just paying a little, little bit each more and you're not getting too much. So I think it depends on what they're bringing to the table. Is it worth to download the DLC or am I just wasting my money for a little bit more content when I would rather just wait longer and get a lot more from it? That's a, that's a big point there because there's certain games out there that are bringing out a lot more additional content that doesn't cost anymore and we are so much more gra uh, grateful for it. And so much of the point where I actually go out and buy their cosmetics just to say thank you. My example, of course, is Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves comes out with additional content all the time. We do not pay anymore for it. And yet, because they're doing that, I go out and buy a monkey and a cat once that cat gets released this month. So <laughs> um, that, I think, is like the perfect version of it. I just don't know. Like, I think companies like EA might be a little too greedy for that. Uh, Squeaks, do you think that's even an option or if, or if that's basically too nice for the too many, too many of these companies? No, uh, no. <sighs> Dang it. So my feeling is what, how big is the initial game we're going to get? Um, is it going to be worth uh, the $60 or whatever they're going to price it at? So sometimes right. we're going to get, okay, here's a little portion of the game. Uh, it's going to be $60, and then DLC is 20 bucks here and there. And it's like, well, what is going on? You, you're telling me this game's not even finished. So why am I even paying this price? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, for cosmetics and stuff like that, that's that's what you're saying? Well, I'm no, I'm saying, do you, do you see a Sea of Thieves type business model being able to survive in this industry where... We have these free DLCs coming up, and then we're just super grateful, so we'll might buy the cosmetics to help them out. Or do you think that's just too gracious for a company like EA? I think it's, uh, for EA, extremely gracious. Uh, yeah. But I just don't know how long Sea of Thieves, uh, with this type of motto they have, is going to last. How much money do they make? I guess we need to know how much money they make off of these cosmetics. Um, that's true. And is it going to kind of match how much they or how many, uh, copies of the game they sold in the beginning? Well, do you think you can keep your, your uh, players longer, right? Can you keep somebody longer with continuing to bring out DLCs and then bringing more people on, or are you going to burn them out by constant, constantly charging them for a DLC? You know, that's a good point because there's no doubt I'm playing more Sea of Thieves now because the DLCs are out for free than if they weren't out for free. Because then I'd be like, well, I'll just wait until I have nothing else to play. Easy. Instead of like, yeah. well, let me go finish this thing up. But Easy then things. would you feel that, would it, would it revamp you to play Sea of Thieves if you know there are going to be a second one? Or would you buy it or Sea of Thieves 2? Because you know you love the first one. So it's like, well, how it's much money do you make off that? Game, I'm, I'm buying the full additional game if that yeah. comes out. There's no doubt. So I'm just uh, curious if it would spark more people... Uh, to play number two because they used to play number one that are currently not playing number one 
And how much money would they make off of that? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a whole new world we're coming up on. And another thing that we we've talked about this like long time ago, I think like episode twenty, uh, is the fact that the price of games have not has not moved up and yet the cost of living has. So if you look at inflation, we're actually spending less for video games now than we ever have. Uh, 60 bucks nowadays. So we really were spending probably like 40 to $35 on a video game that's actually was worth 60 bucks, you know, not long ago. And yet the development in these games is, is way more than it ever has. So as a consumer, we have the benefit right now. We have the advantage. Uh, yeah, it's such a tricky little thing. Cause if they were to tell me that every video game that comes out is going to cost me a hundred bucks, I'd be in the streets fighting them. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, but it's not fair that I would be, but that's just my initial reaction. Uh, yeah, so damn. we're there. Yeah, thank you. I was thinking about that as soon as you said for a hundred dollar game. I was like, man, if they raise the prices uh, just even twenty dollars, an eighty dollar game, it's like, oh my god. I mean, sixty, I don't even want to spend on some of these games, but yeah, uh, man, I can't. But spend if you look at like the cost of development, that's how much we should be spending. That's because in the nineties, when yeah. games are not like think of like the Xbox three hundred and sixty when those games are coming out at sixty bucks. That's in two thousand four. So you know, sixty dollars then is about eighty dollars now. I would assume. You know what I'm saying? But I think the gaming industry has increased where you have more players now than ever. That's true. So it's kind Very of true. leveling off too. And I think they're finding out that there's a steadier stream of cash flow with in-app pur- purchases. You could just look at the mobile market for that. Uh, then there are from these monster big purchases where you have to like really depend on a game hitting or missing and then the whole company's hinging on one game. Yeah, because think about it. Like when they say Red Dead Redemption sold a million, I think it was some crazy stuff. Let's say a million yeah. copies in one week. It's like, holy shit, do the math on that. Maybe it did make up for all that labor and whatnot. Yeah, that's true. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to, we're going to talk about Crisis is being remastered and it's coming this summer. Have either of you guys played Crisis before? I played about 20 minutes of it once when it originally came out. <laughs> so I can't, really can't say much about Crisis. <laughs> Cheddar, have you ever played it or no? Same thing. I mean, what, the game's what, over 10 years old? Yeah, it came out and in the what, what I think it was, yeah. What I've heard is still popular today. It's just having troubles running and, and it's yeah really being asked for a remake. But I, I don't, I haven't played it too much, no. Yeah, so when you guys stopped playing, was it because your system couldn't handle it or just the game was not that interesting? I just was moving on to something else. Yeah. So uh, Crisis was a first-person shooter that follows a military squad and they would like this nanotech suit that gives them like oh, extra abilities, the ability to fight stronger or whatever, and invisibility. It was developed in 07 by Crytek using this Crytek engine that uh, was pretty insane. So this game had such stunning graphics and so many physics going on at one time that it was, was early light shading. You can literally shoot every branch on a tree and it all come apart. You can push anything around. You can do whatever. Even the ground was 3D textured. And if you had a if you had the sun hit the ground, not only would you have like this shading happening from that, but if there's a bump in the ground, that thing would also cast a shade. Stuff that even today is not being used in video games. So it was a monster of a game at the time. Uh, so much so that if you had a high-end computer, you were typically running into issues still because it didn't feel very optimized. Uh, just one of those revolutionary kind of games. It's finally being remastered. with uh, It's on a new Cryotech en- or Crytek engine, a brand new one. Uh, it's getting optimized and it's getting an HD pack. So for many players, this will actually be the first time playing through it. And uh, even the console releases, so if you, you're like, oh, yeah, but I played this on the console release, they had to take out levels in the game because they were too intense. There's one in particular where you're flying around in helicopters and shooting. 
That level is not out there for console players. It was only out for PC players. And you had to have the best graphics card and stuff like that to play it at all. So all that's going to be available. So a lot of these people are going to see this game for the first time. It's still played today. It's from 07. And it looks like a pretty like mid-tier game that would come out today. Like an Arma level game that would come out today. That shows you how good this game was. Uh, so it's pretty awesome. And you guys have played just a little bit of I haven't played it yet. And... I'm just so interested in this game being remade and I'm wondering, is there any other game out there that deserves this kind of like, it didn't, it was limited by its current technology and needs to be remastered that you want to see remastered now. Cheddar, let's start with you. Is there any game out there you'd want to bring back? I think not because it was limited from its current day, but I mean, some games that need to be remastered that I would play again. I think the Time Crisis or the Dino Crisis. Classic. Always going into those. And this is going back to, I think, 64 Army Men. Oh really yeah, and has online content like a like your PUBG. I think that'd be pretty cool. That is such a good idea. I haven't thought about that game probably since I've rented it at Blockbuster. <laughs> like that's that's a classic. That's a good one. The Dino Crisis pick, of course. <clears throat> but um, what about maybe like uh, bringing Metal Honor back? Um, since we only have really Call of Duty, some I don't think Battlefields yeah. are okay here and there. Uh, maybe a Simpsons Hit and Run. You know. Can get some run Simpsons Hit and Run is a very good choice because that was extremely limited by its technology. If you look at the map, it was all by perspective to make the world look bigger, but it really wasn't that big. So actually giving that a full GTA, recreating all of Springfield, that would be amazing. Yeah, that, um, but yeah, that'd be, my, that'd be my pick. I would like to see another Simpsons come back to this video game life. That's a good choice. Uh, for me, I have two picks. I'm going with Kirby Adventures. It was on the original NES. Um this game had the ability to steal powers and stuff like that. It was a great platformer. And if you look at the platformers today, they're they're monstrous games. They have so many levels. And that one only had like four worlds with like maybe six levels in each one. But they were so well done. It was very fast paced. So I would like to see Kirby given like the current uh, side scroller technology, uh, you know, platformer kind of thing we have going on here like an ori that's what i'm kind of trying to say mm-hmm. uh, and then oblivion which i think is the best elder scrolls and i know people are like but wait the skyrim i think Oblivion's the best it is currently being upgraded w- by a company a little indie company but i'd like to see oblivion being taken care of by bethesda themselves and totally getting a remaster i even think that it can handle online and uh it had some of the best voice acting with it had uh, patrick stewart as the old king and I had uh, Ned Stark himself as like the king you're helping ascend the throne. So you had some amazing voice acting in this game. It could be saved. Uh, it was actually one of the first RPGs that got me into that category. So I'm a big fan of that. Next up, we have some amazing news from amazing developers. The game industry is currently uniting to help the World Health Organization. Game developers around the world uh, have decided that, you know, the message that World Health Organization is putting out there about cleaning your hands, social distancing, uh, coughing into your you know, elbow, stuff like that. That needs to be spread. So what they're doing is they're creating these special events, rewards, different things like that to keep people at home. And they're using the hashtag play apart together. So you'll see that a lot on Twitter and, and Instagram to kind of push all their, their titles. So for example, obviously a game that we all like is Activision Blizzard. They have the World of Warcraft. They're giving all their players double experience. And they just extended that out to pre-patch, so that's probably November, December territory. That's to get everybody to stay home, level with your friends. All the games that are getting this kind of play-apart-together treatment are multiplayer games. uh, PUBG Mobile is starting their Chicken Dinner from Home event. This is going to be a weekend event that happens like every other weekend or something like that. 
that's going to have celebrities and pro players working together to stream. And they're going to be also hosting community tournaments. And these like pro players and celebrities are streaming together and they're raising money for charity, which is pretty cool. Uh, other companies that are getting in on this is Riot, Unity, Twitch, Razer, Oculus, Logitech, Stat you know, all, a lot of these big dogs. There's still way more to go, though. Uh, since March 28th, when this was first announced, and it was kind of an underwhelming announcement, there was only a handful of com uh, companies involved. Now there are 57 developers and game-related companies. So looking at this event, is there any multiplayer games out there that you would suggest people play so that they can hang out together online? Promoting the multiplayer games or, or what they're doing now is great. Keep, not only keeping people safe, but keeping them entertained at home. One game, so I'm kind of lazy. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. too much work for me to go turn on my computer or turn on my PS4 or, or Xbox, whatever it is. I like to just sit on my couch. Yeah. So uh, I've been playing uh, Mobile Legends because I'm pretty damn lazy. So it's okay, kind of like yeah. your League of Legends, but for your phone. Yeah. And, and, and does it have a lot of like interconnectivity where you're able to like, hey, let's get together and play? Yeah, it's pretty pretty much League of Legends, but on your phone. I mean, of course, different characters, different different kind of setup, but it's it's the same exact thing. Connect with okay. different players, teams of five, and and the same kind of content. It does have leaderboards and stuff like that, so you can kind of brag against your friends because that's important to us. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, especially when Squeaks is always on the bottom, it's never changes. Oh my god. You know what? That reminds me a lot of our golf matches last night. Squeaks, what do you think oh, about wow. multiplayer games that you can play with your friends? <laughs> Well, I was going to talk about this golf game, but fuck that game now. Uh, <laughs> golf with friends. Um, no, I think it's neat. I think there's a there's a couple that I'm thinking of that would be really uh, relaxed if you don't want to go uh, hardcore. But some of the mm -hmm. ones like relaxed, it'd be cool just to sit like uh, Anthony's talking about sitting on the couch, whatever playing is like Hearthstone. That'd be neat to Ooh, that's just play against someone there. Yeah. Um, if you want to play something a little bit more than that or more complex than that, Minecraft. I know you just got me into Minecraft, so that'd be kind of neat to adventure. A couple hours and get lost and realize that it's already dinner time when you just woke up. Yeah. Um, uh, Rocket League would be awesome to get a group of guys to go, um, a group of friends to play with others. Um, yeah. I think what I really liked it too, I don't know if this is, I can't remember if this is online. Or I know this is couch co-op, but Overcooked, I don't know if you've all ever played that, but that's a really fun game where you have to pretty much be chefs together and you have to do different jobs mm -hmm. to like feed whatever the boss or whatever. I'm familiar with that. Like one person's chopping the vegetables yeah. and another person's, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, for me, the, your normal sub subjects are out there. You got the World of Warcraft and Minecraft and all that stuff like that. But yeah, that, that uh, Golf with Friends or Golf with Your Friends, I think it's called, is a really fun one. And it was like 10 bucks. It's often on sale on Steam. But you're playing golf on crazy maps. You can actually develop your own maps and then have friends try that out. That was a lot of fun and, uh, and, and relatively cheap. There's another one that's called Darwin Project that's a free uh, Battle Royale game. Think of like, uh, what would you call it? Like a Fortnite game. Yeah. But instead of leveling up your gear and your weapons, you're set with a with an axe and a bow. That's the only two weapons you get, but you actually level up your abilities. So you can be like, oh, I really like my ability to go invisible. Then you got to lean into that and stuff like that. So it makes it fun. And uh, I've actually been streaming that and we have drops of it enabled for our streams. So if you guys want to watch us play that, you'll get the drops, which is a cool axe. Uh, but that's a fun one and it's free. So I mean, why not? Um, but yeah, there's there's a few out there that are pretty cool. There's a, here's a quote from Activision boss uh, Bob Kotick, which norm, Bobby Kotick, which normally we're cursing his name because he's he's the Activision <laughs> side of everything. But uh, here he is. It's never been more cr uh, critical to ensure players stay safely connected to one another. Games are the perfect platform because they connect people through the lens of joy, purpose, and meaning. We are proud to participate in such a worthwhile and necessary initiative. So that says it right there. The idea that you have a purpose together, you have something to kind of like get excited for and hang out and share stories. 
you know, again, I have to go back to World of Warcraft on this. We have a friend that's probably getting wild pretty soon. And, and I look forward to leveling for the first time with him. Like him seeing that big, broad world and then me sharing this world with him. That's such a good way to hang out when right now everybody's stuck inside. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool. All right, guys, we're moving on to our brand new segment that you're going to be hearing a lot more from us, Esports Desk. Squeaks, I'm going to first off start with you. You've been watching Overwatch lately. How's that going? I have. Uh, super entertaining, but then a lot of upsets, too. So that's what's uh, really, uh, really enjoyable about watching uh, this Overwatch uh, season right now. Um, there's mm-hmm. been some uh, s- uh, sweeps, some clean sweeps that I I would wasn't expecting, some three no's, and then there's been some really close ones and uh, to where um, uh, a team would be winning two two zero, and next thing you know they lost uh, three two. So it's super entertaining. I love seeing these different teams. Uh, just the Overwatch League is is has just so grown so much, and it's pretty yeah, awesome well to where too. at certain times, yeah, like there's a Chinese. Uh, you gotta catch games on China through in China, and it's like, oh shit, it's one o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's just just reminds me of back in like World Cup days. Um, mm-hmm. it, I I just love how this is growing, and I love the setup. Um, that Blizzard or whoever has organized this is is it's really well done. Yeah, yeah, it's it's done by Blizzard, but this is the first time where YouTube's that's such a big part of it because they have a new partnership with Google. So uh, we're starting to see what that looks like. And, and I'm liking it so far. I think they've done a nice job with the UIs. Uh, I think the commentating's done well. It's a lot of the same commentators you had on Twitch. Uh, but I think it's done quite well. How, how do you feel about that? How do you think YouTube's doing with holding that event? Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's YouTube. It's fine. The only thing, I don't know if this is more of a Blizzard thing. It's probably more of a Blizzard thing than a YouTube thing, is that the commentators do do a great job explaining the match and what's going on. But sometimes we get to that first-person view of someone else, and we didn't really see what happened, uh, even though we're supposed to be in the action. Uh, they'll commentate something that kind of happened off to the side. I'm like, oh, shit, I wish I would have saw that. Uh, so it would have been nice to kind of get more of an overview of the players instead of always just first-person. Um but I don't know if that's a YouTube thing or a Blizzard thing. It's probably a Blizzard thing. Uh, it might be a Blizzard thing because people are at home. I think at the events, they have the that extra console to be able to watch from afar. Yeah. Other than that, YouTube's just being YouTube. I mean, they're doing a fine job. It's just like if we were watching on BlizzCon, I really don't have any complaints with YouTube. That's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cheddar, I'll shoot over to you. Have you been watching any esports lately? Have you had a chance? Off and on, I have seen a few of those things on the Overwatch, um, which... I agree. Pretty entertaining. I think just watching their, I'm not very good at Overwatch. So watching what they do, I'm like, oh man, like the skill they have or the hours they put into this game. Uh, but that, that's pretty much all I've seen here. And there's a little bit of Overwatch. Yeah. Overwatch is a lot of fun. I can't wait for someday for you to go to BlizzCon with us and see it like in the, the arena. It's so crazy. Um, but, Me too. Uh, uh, right now we have a lot of things going on. We have, uh, we have Dota's got some championships going on. Uh, season, season ending championships. League of Legends got Season 1 Championship finishing up. Uh, currently, right now, we have Cloud9 playing FlyQuest Esports, uh, which, you know, Cloud9, of course, is one of the legendaries, and they're ahead of the game right now. Uh, I've been watching FIFA. I'm not necessarily a big fan of the FIFA game, but I am a fan of soccer, and I just want some sports to be on, so it's yeah. perfect. And so uh, it's been a lot of fun. They're just they're, they're killing it right now. They have the Stay Home and Play Cup, which is a really cool kind of, like we were talking about before, video game companies getting out there and helping out. And we're down to our final, final six, uh, which... They're, they're so talented. There's no way I can touch these guys. They're so good. And then I've been watching a lot of Counter-Strike. They currently have their Season 1 finales for the U.S. going on right now. 
the last two going right now are Mad Lions, which is my favorite team. And then we have MIBR going. And uh, Mad Lions, they're falling behind, but they're, they're a really good team. And, and watching these guys on Counter-Strike, their predictability and their ability to set up these plays, again, it's one of those things where I'm just like, man, I wish I could play like this. I just got to play more. Uh, I get flash, flashes of that when I play Overwatch, where I'm like, oh, that was clean. Mm-hmm. But when you guys watch these guys and they're setting up like, here, I'm going to put, like I was watching one uh, last night where he puts down the smoke, right? And then he puts a tr- he puts a bomb in it. And then he walks out, waits for people to kind of like get ready to fight into that smoke, like waiting for him to appear. And he kills two guys on the top and then comes back down and gets the guy that was engaging in the smoke. I mean, it was just it was just crazy. So uh, a lot of these moments. And then you have some heroes really popping out too that are really doing a good job. Uh, Squeaks, do you have any other esports that you wanted to discuss that you've been watching lately? Uh, well, I mean, this is kind of old, but I just finished the Mortal Kombat tournament. And uh, I don't, I don't, I'm sure you heard his name, but Sonic Fox took it again. Um, after yeah. he was in the losing bracket, he came back to beat um, in the championship to beat the, who knocked him to the losing bracket. And what blows my mind is, oh my god, the trophy that they gave out is the big ass Shao Kahn hammer. Like this That's thing so is cool. huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, a lot of me, I'll go into detail. Uh, I will be uh, going into detail a lot with Overwatch, and then any of those fighting tournaments, I'm I'm really looking forward to. Um, I like Street Fighter. I like Mortal Kombat. Super Smash Bros. will be fun. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I want to move into a couple of the big stories that we have here. So PUBG is now changing its plans for esports. Uh, in the wake of COVID-19, they they originally had these three big events planned. And PUBG is they're really killing it with the esports game, which is great. But they had these big three. And now they've moved on to this online one that they're calling PUBG Continental Series, the PCS. So that's how you're going to call it there. It'll be held May, June, and August with a prize pool of $2.4 million. For the four regions. So there's going to be North America, Europe, Asia, and that one includes China, Korea, Japan, and China, Taipei. And then there's Asia, Asia Pacific that has Southeast Asia, New Zealand, and Australia. And so each one of them is going to be dividing the 2.4 million. The first tournament's going to be held, uh, it's going to be called the PUBG Continental Series Charity Showdown, and that's going to be in May. Each region is going to have a prize pool of $100 million. I'm sorry, $100,000, uh, with additional $100,000 going to the charity of the winner's choice. I love that. That's such a cool way. Uh, and then on in June and August, we have the Pick'em Challenge, where people, friends, uh, fans at home can pick who they think are going to win and kind of do brackets like you do with your March Madness uh, for chances to win exclusives, in-game stuff like, you know, uh, cosmetics and whatnot. So that's a cool way to kind of get the fans involved. Uh, those, pl- those teams, there's 21 teams that already got past the qualifiers. For the three original events, they're all going to get a $20,000 compensation to kind of say like, hey, sorry that this got canceled. That's a cool move because I bet there's something in the clauses in the contract saying like, look, if it's for an act of God, which is usually the kind of the something, you know, terrible happens, we're going to cancel the event. So this is totally just them being cool about it. I really like that they're doing that. That's neat. Um, A special note, we are going to be covering the May event on Twitch. We're going to host it and be commentating on it. So if you guys want to watch that event and hear our beautiful voices in the background, we'll see you guys there. Uh, I'm excited for this. What do you guys think about that charity event? I really like that the best. Do you think that's a cool way to kind of give back and kind of root for a team a little harder when you know, like, oh, that's also going to be going for my favorite charity? Squeaks, what do you think about that? I think it's awesome to give the comparators themselves uh, uh, the ability to pick the charity that he wants. Um, I don't know if I was necessarily a root for someone more than the other because of the charity, but I think it's nice to, it helps us as viewers to see what else is out there for charities instead of seeing the, the ones we always just hear about on TV or the, or the radio. So it's kind of neat to uh, branch out on different types of charities that we might uh, be able to look into. 
Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Ch- Cheddar? What are your thoughts on this? I agree. I, you know, it kind of reminds me of a lot of these uh, famous sports players when they go on different TV shows and then they, they're they on the TV show to give back to a certain charity and they, they pick that charity. And yeah. I think it's kind of what eSports is trying to bring to the table and the same thing they're doing in other games or other kind of athletic sports right now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's a good way to kind of also, it has this ability of not only doing good, but also bringing more attention to eSports in general, which is totally the future of sports. Uh, and so that, that's a really good way to, to handle it. That's a smart move. Next up, we have the first Valorant Collegiates eSports event coming up. So this is a small event, but it's actually considered the very first event form. Valorant is on fire, and that is a lot of a lot of that is due to the fact that they're handing out beta keys if you watch streamers. So you actually have to watch people play the game before you have a chance of getting one of these keys to play the game yourself. Um, it's irritating if you're a person like myself who has yet to get the key and Riot is not responding to your emails very well. But for our friends like Sammy over there who's enjoying the game, it's good to hear from them. Uh, but this event's going to be held on April 25th, and it's going to be held by uh, Andbox. Andbox already handles two different teams. They uh, they take care of Overwatch's New York's New York Ex- uh, Excelsior, which you know Squeaks and I are both familiar yep. with them, and Call of, du- uh, Call of Duty's uh, New York Subliners. Uh, so, and they're kind of a newer team, I believe. So this tournament will have 64 teams in it with a prize pool of $2,000, and then you guys are able to sign up for it right now. So. They end on the 20th. I'm going to try to get this out by the 20th so you guys have a chance to sign up for that if you guys think you have what it takes. Um, but that's pretty cool. And it's in your open as long as you're a college student. So basically anybody who has somebody in college can go for this. Uh, how do you guys think Valorant will do as an eSport? Cheddar, what do you think about Valorant as an eSport? As an eSport, I think this is a good way to actually kind of bring the game to light. I think it's bringing it, being a new game and obviously having a big fan base already with the previous games they're having. I think bringing this in... Um, as an esport, and then having individuals watch the game, kind of like a preview of what's going to come and what they have the ability to play. So I think bringing it out is going to be great. Um, I will not be playing it for the beta because I know I'm not going to be any good. Yeah, well, I know I won't be good either, but I'm, I'm just so anxious to try it out. Squeaks, what are your thoughts on Valorant as an esport? I think it's going to uh, do really well. Uh, I do like how they already announced it to be an esport this early, mm-hmm. and it's going to bring a lot of attention to it for that reason. Uh, a lot of people, are, I mean, we see CSGO still continue to be dominant in esports, and a lot of people compare this game to CSGO. So if we're going to get a, like a newer 2020 version of CSGO, and it's going to be just slightly different, a little bit of powers here and there, uh, I think a lot of people might gravitate more to that. We might see some CSGO players switch over. So you never know. I, I can see that. Yeah, there's definitely a... Uh, Riot themselves, they're very, very good at the esports game. And they've already been approaching over 100 different esports teams that have played other games, trying to, to recruit them over and, and have them build a team for them. So wow. Riot's definitely leaning into the esports, which is pretty fantastic. Uh, okay, guys. So that's going to be... Our, that's our esports segment there. Uh, just kind of a future heads up on this. I know that a lot of people may not be fans of esports. What we're trying to do is practice this esports part and eventually create its own show. So it will eventually have two episodes coming out a week. The second one being an esports segment that's, you know, 30 minute episode or whatever. So it's just more for you. So if you're an esports fan, hang out with us. We're going to be bringing you more esports. If you're not an esports fan, still hang out with us because we're still going to bring you everything you love. So I'm glad you're hanging out for that. Next up, we have our good news for the, of the week. All right, everybody, we're heading into our good news. Jonathan's not with us, but we have Squeaks and Cheddar hanging out still. So 
Let's first talk about the six-month suspension on all U.S. federal student loans. So if you have a, a student loan, or even if you're a delinquent on a student loan, you don't have to worry about paying for it for the next six months to kind of help out with those bills. Uh, that was really cool. So even if you've already paid this month, so in March, if you've already paid for, so last month, uh, if you already paid some of your bill, they'll actually be sending you money back to help out with those those bills at home. Uh, this is a full waiver. It even waves off the... Uh, what is that where you have like a lien on your on your paychecks, you know, they're taking that off too. Uh, so there's 830,000 borrowers that are going to get relief through this. And 85% of all student loans are actually federal student loans. So there's so many people that are going to have this little break, this six month break to really bounce back. Because even if like, say tomorrow, we're all back out and hanging out in parks, it's still going to take a long time for the economy to fire back up. So it's really cool that federal government's just like, hey, guys, Take a break for a bit. We'll see you guys in six months. Uh, what are your think, thoughts on this, Cheddar? Or I'm sorry, Squeaks. <laughs> uh, I think that's awesome for uh, especially when someone that's um, working a part-time job trying to pay off a loan. And it gives them a break yeah. to kind of bounce back uh, and prepare themselves for when the loan do uh, start taking that taking that money out. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. That's I'm, I'm glad to hear that. All right, so what's our next story? All right, so Sam's Club's offering. Uh, Hero shopping hours to healthcare workers, regardless if they have a membership or not. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty neat. Just thinking of like my having a Costco membership, <laughs> and, and yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, Costco, Sam's Club, whatever, same same business. But it's like, oh crap, that's pretty. That's one. It's good for the company because they're probably going to get a shit ton of business. One, yeah. Um, but currently, the company employees are given an exclusive two-hour block of shopping time between eight a.m. and ten a.m. on su- Sunday mornings. So if you are a member, be careful between those hours because it might be packed. <laughs> well, it's exclusive. So if you're a regular member and you're not a healthcare worker, you're not uh, welcomed in. Oh, so they're kicking them off. Yeah, that way, the reason they're doing this is so that the healthcare workers have a moment to breathe and be able to shop without the rush of like, oh, God, it's crowded in here kind of thing. Oh, that's crazy. That's 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 super awesome that they even give them that yeah. now. Um, as well as the company says that we're inspired to launch an initiative after several individual branch managers took it upon themselves to invite local hospital workers to shop with the store associates. Um, so that's really neat as that, yeah, that the employees are in a way besides the company giving back to, to these healthcare workers Yeah, or assisting with them since they assist with so many sick. Yeah. And the part that I really like about this is the fact that it doesn't matter if you have a membership or not. So it actually probably helps Sam Club's a little bit in the fact that like people are going to go there that don't have memberships because they didn't think they needed one. For sure. And like, oh, I love Sam's Club. The tryouts are really good. And then they stick around for Sam's Club. That's pretty for cool. Sure. I like that. Yeah. Anthony, what's our next story, man? All right. So we got uh, just moving around the world a little bit. Uh, Notre-, Notre Dame Cathedral bell rang out for healthcare workers on the one-year anniversary of its fire. So oh, on April fire. 15th, marked yeah. one year of the anniversary of the fire, it came within 30 minutes of destroying the beloved Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Um, I, I think it's kind of crazy how the bell is ringing a year later, uh, and yeah. especially what we got going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing because so much of it was destroyed, but the little bell spot is okay. And, and they actually have to like use hazmat suits to even get to that part. But man, it's so inspirational. So now as a means of honoring its survival and encouraging locals to remain unified in the face of the novel coronavirus, the cathedral will ring the bell across Paris for the second time since the fire. I mean, I think it's just another sign of unity and showing their, you know, in my opinion, showing how everybody's together. So on April 15th at 8 p.m., uh, when city dollars typically take to their windows to applaud the healthcare workers on the front lines of the pandemic, 
three of them in hazmat suits protecting themselves from toxic lead particles releasing by the fire and spent five minutes ringing the iconic bell. So as reporters capture the iconic event on camera, hundreds of French citizens could be hear, could hearing the cheering and clapping throughout the streets. I mean, I think it's just, I think it's amazing to see how everybody comes together um, right yeah. now. And especially with something so little can, by ringing a bell, can do so much. Yeah, and, and that's a tradition that's actually starting up around the world, you know, at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, whatever. Hey, let's everybody honk the horns and clap from your windows and stuff like that to give a shout out to the healthcare workers. It's so cool. And then the bell on top of it showing that, you know, even the Notre Dame Cathedral still stands. Oh, man, it's just it's beautiful. It's really cool. All right. I'm talking about our next one. And it's about this little restaurant that's been suffering down in Tampa called the Dats Restaurant Group. And uh, it's been around for years. Well, they were struggling and they had foreign employees. They had to bring it out of 27 employees just to keep the doors open. They decided we have this really nice bottle of, of whiskey. Let's go ahead. Our bourbon uh, called Old Rip Van Winkle Bourbon, which I love the name. It's great. Uh, let's sell this thing. The guy looked online. He said, okay, I can get 20000 for this thing. So he, he put it up in there and he had like a little 15% discount. And then people kept trying to like, oh, hey, how about 10000 He's like, no, I need to keep these doors open. So there's this local veteran that says, hey, Leave it. I'm coming by. I'm going to drop off a check. I'm picking that up. Okay, that's cool. Guy comes by, drops off a check for 40000 instead of the 20000 And he's, he's a veteran that is actually a regular at the restaurant. Uh, he's, they, they, you know, they call him back like, hey, man, there's a mistake. You put 40 instead of 20 and He's like, no, I want you to keep it. Keep those doors open. So it's just one of those moments where like those locals that came in, I used to work at a McDonald's and we would have the locals come in every Saturday morning, a group of like six older uh, men and women that would come in and I'd pour them coffee. And it's this bond. that's just like, that's really cool. So to think of a local came back in to keep those doors open. It's just so wonderful. Shows how really cool everybody is out there. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Uh, super generous. And it's just one of those stories that it's awesome to hear at a time like this, that um, there are people out there that are, Helping one another, and they are all these happy stories. Um, so that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right, Squeaks. What's our What's our next? All one? right. So another company is making uh, plastic face masks for medical workers, and that company is Lego. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> according to an Instagram uh, post that was uh, published by Lego earlier this week, the company's Bill und based factory in Denmark has reworked some of their machinery to make more than 13,000 plastic masks per day. Uh, the masks will reportedly be distributed to hospitals and medical facilities across the country. Uh, Austin Lego has announced this week that they would be donating 500,000 brick sets to children in need during the novel coronavirus outbreaks. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Gosh. It's just so cool. Uh, I wish I could get a set. But I think it's awesome <laughs> besides Lego and a face mask too, too. I want to see what these look like. But uh, like it's awesome to see these other, uh, all these companies come together for this one cause because it really does feel like, oh, instead of this money-hungry company, or I'm not speaking of Lego, but just anyone, period, that they really do care and they're trying their best to help everyone out. Uh, we had New Balance do it. Walmart's making masks. Uh, Gap was yeah. in, involved with uh, masks being distributed. Uh, there's famous artists, clothing artists that are uh, doing this as well. So it's pretty, it's awesome to see Lego uh, jump in on this as well. Yeah, it's really cool. And the fifty thousand bricks too. I mean, that's just so cool. Oh man, five hundred thousand. And you, really you just think of like if a kid, say if a kid's in the hospital or whatever the case may be, you get these bricks. Like that's it's all it is is just Legos. It's not a big deal, but to them, it's just the best thing in the world that they got something like that. 
Yeah, and it's something that can be played more and more. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just kind of endless fun that you can just rebuild and stuff like that and let your imagination go wild, which is what they all need right now. Yeah. I actually have heard uh, a little bit of a tidbit or a rumor. The plastic they're using to make these masks is, if you think of like, I'm thinking of the old school ast- astronaut from the movies, the movie there, that plastic visor he has is the plastic they're using for these masks. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Like the astronauts, okay. yeah, plastic yeah, yeah, visor. yeah. So that's the plastic w- they're using for these masks. Would it come up and down? Oh, yeah, it would, huh? Because they already have those. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like they're using that exact model, but the, it's oh, okay. it's that it's that clear plastic they use for those that version of the mask okay. is what they're using to mold into these, and it's pretty neat. Yeah, oh, that's neat, they're basic, yeah. but it's just cool to see that Lego's doing that for sure. Yeah, there is a Lego, by the way. There's a Lego uh, animation short that's done in the Pixar styling of the history of the Lego factory, and I think it's like 30 minutes. I came across it on YouTube and just got it. Oh, let me click on this. I was enthralled for 30 minutes watching the history of Lego. Oh wow! Uh, done just like a Pixar movie. It actually reminded me a lot of Up. It was really, really cool. Not to get off topic, but have you been watching Lego Masters? I have not. It's on my list. I got to watch it. It just ended and almost wanted to tear up at the end. Are you so you uh, are you aware that it was originally a British show? Uh, I knew they had another show and I think Australia has one as well. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, But no, I wasn't aware of anything before this one came on. Yeah. It's not the Will Arnett that's hosting it, but uh, yeah. not Will Arnett. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I love him, dude. He does such a good job as Batman. He's so good at it. Uh, yeah, he's good. He's a family host on the show. He does a good job. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. All right, Anthony, why don't you close us off with one bit, one more bit of good news? All right, another coming back to people giving and, and just taking care of uh, others and the healthcare workers. Uh, we got an <clears throat> English World War II veteran who's been walking laps around his back garden has raised 2.6 million pounds, which is 3.3 million here, for the National Healthcare Service in just one week. So 99-year-old Tom Moore says that NHS has been uh, marvelous in helping him recover with his hip replacement, skin cancer on his uh, skin cancer on his head for over the last couple of years. As a way of saying thank you, the former civil engineer has been doing laps around 25 meters long, 82 feet uh, around his garden for 100 lengths by his 100th birthday on thirty on April 30th. So Moore's daughter, Hannah Ingram Moore, um, who has set the fundraiser page for him, had to keep raising the amounts for the fundraiser from 1000 100000 250000 500000 and to where he's at now. I mean, it, it's just crazy on how somebody can just walk their backyard, walk their garden, and raise all this yeah. money for him. So he's yeah, hoping to... I think he's streaming sh- it too. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's streaming it. So you guys could actually watch him do it. It's really neat. Really neat. Wow, I mean, over he's still still shooting for his hundred laps, right? He's past the hundred laps now. He's just going to keep on going. He's going to try to do another hundred. Oh my gosh! So and I'm just curious to see how much money he he raises in it and what he's giving back to the healthcare community. It's really amazing. You could actually Google him, guys. Uh, that is Tom Moore, and you can donate yourself if you'd like to really help out with this. The National Healthcare Service is the healthcare service for the whole country, so you'd be helping all of UK doing that. That's just such a cool move. It's really neat. Uh, okay, so these guys, all these articles come from goodnewsnetwork.org. So uh, that's what we've been using uh, for all of our good news segments at the end of closing our shows. So check them out, guys. They actually launched their own podcast. I think it was like maybe a couple weeks ago or something like that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, check them out as well. And we want to thank them for all these good news bits. Uh, a little bit of good news coming from us. We will be doing a charity event coming next month. Uh, we're still hammering out the details. Uh, it'll be 
with other podcasts we're uniting to help each other out, to help out a charity together we'll be streaming a game we're all playing and uh, working to raise money so we'll let you guys know in the details on that but just kind of get hyped up for that i know we have a few that already signed up and uh and it's gonna be led by wonder soul which is a fantastic podcast uh, you guys check them out as well so that'd be pretty neat but that is it for us this week guys we want to thank you guys so much for joining us and uh see you guys later bye for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on twitter at geek freaks pod we're also on facebook instagram you can email us we have our patreon and a store all those links are in the description thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week